0: And, um, it's my privilege to introduce Chris who's going to come up and share this morning and um, Clip clearly already has a fan club, which is wonderful. Um, and Chris is going to continue our series exploring the Lord's Prayer. Now, Chris is known to many of us. Um, he's officially, his official title here is our youth and media intern, but he's so much more than that. And um, I just thought I'd tell you a couple of things about Chris you may not know. He's a shift supervisor at Tesco's in town. He's um, quite an intense Christian hip-hop slash rap fan. Um, he's, he's very much an IT guru, and I'm sorry about this, but he's also a staunch man united. Supporters. so despite despite that (laughs) despite that he's a champion of and a role model to many of our young people here a passionate worshiper of Jesus and a great speaker and I'm delighted that Chris you're sharing today so can I pray for you before you start so father we thank you for this man why don't you stretch out your hands and why don't we just say Lord thank you for this man and for the um, for his story and his journey and the heart that he carries uh, for Jesus and for young people And Lord, as he shares today, I ask that you would take his words and use them to challenge our hearts, to inspire us, to motivate us, to challenge us and to help us encounter you in a more powerful way this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Right, am I on? Yeah, good. Great. So, yeah, we're on the prayer series. Nigel kind of stole my intro. So as a church, we're on the prayer series, and we're looking at how to pray based upon the Lord's Prayer. Um, So I was given the verse, give us this day our daily bread, and my title is Provision on the Journey. And this is a talk about how when we transition in our lives and move from one place to another or move from one thing to another, and how God provides through that, maybe it's, a new house or a new job, or maybe you're welcoming a child into your family. And sometimes, from my experience anyway, sometimes get like things get really difficult in those times of transition. Things often feel like they get worse before they get better. Um but what I've experienced and what the Bible says is that God will always provide throughout that. So that's the basis for all of this. And I want to talk, mainly this is practically about how we pray in these circumstances. So I am gonna start really deep with just my story um, and what led up to this provision process and transition. So my dad uh, was born with a heart defect and it wasn't diagnosed until he was eight years old. Um, It's a heart defect, it's a hole in the heart that if it's caught when you're born they do operations and it's all fine and these days they scan and, and it's all sorted Before you, you're at the hospital. But back then it wasn't, um, and it took them a while to realize what was going on. So at eight years old, my dad was given six months to live. Um, And miracle after miracle after miracle occurred in his life. And that brought him to the year 2000, when he was 32 years old, and he had a child, which is me. (laughs) Um, He was still very ill at times, and I remember in my childhood, he was in hospital quite a lot. Um, And my parents prepared me that he wasn't going to be around forever. Uh, And when I was eight years old, my dad passed away. And I started on the process of healing through that. And I I managed to kind of, you you become like an adult through that process, even when you're still a child. And you you feel like you have to become the man of the house. It's a really tough, tough process for an eight-year-old. Um, I did that and, and I moved into secondary school at 11 and life was on a pretty good path. I was doing pretty well. Um, and then at the age of 12, 13, I started to get really unwell with my mental health. Um, I was diagnosed with depression and OCD. Um, and mum also got really unwell at home. She was starting about bout of depression, um, which later became bipolar. And... At the age of 13, uh, things got so unbearable at home. I was so unwell that I was no longer at school. My doctor had said, sorry guys, to the school, Chris isn't going to be there, he's not well enough. Um, and I was put into care. My mum begged for me to be put into care because she knew that we could no longer do this at home. So that's the basis of, of all of this, was God then provided through that time and care. But first, there is a parallel to this in the Bible, which is all about... Um, daily bread, which is convenient. <laughs> so we're going to turn to Exodus 16, verse 1 to 18. we read some time. It's a pretty long, long verse, but, or reading, but it's all about provision. So this is the story of the Israelites moving from Egypt into their promised land. So, the whole Israelite community set out from Elim and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elim and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they had come out of Egypt. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, but you have brought us out into this desert to starve the entire assembly to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. Moses also said, You will know that it was the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening and all the bread you want in the morning, because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we? You are not grumbling against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the entire Israelite community, Come before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. While Aaron was speaking to the whole Israelite community, they looked towards the desert, and there was the glory of the Lord appearing in the cloud. The Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them, at twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. That evening quail came and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, What is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some little. And when they measured it by the omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone gathered just as much as they needed. This journey that the Israelites were on did not look as they expected, my journey that I was on didn't look how I expected I wanted to be at home the Israelites knew that there was so much more for them but they weren't ready to take the sacrifices and step out in faith one setback which was their lack of food a pretty big setback fair but (laughs) made them question this all they they were like yeah back in Egypt seemed to forgetting that they were in in slavery they're like yeah we had food there it was fine (laughs) and I have three points from these two stories of how we can pray for provision and in the journey and in the process. So, firstly, we have relational prayer. So the little subphrase is, his provision for us is rooted in his deep love for us. He's our father. He, he longs for a deep relationship with us if you 're following along with the prayer course in our life groups we 've heard how well Pete talks about the power of two-way conversation with God being held tightly by him as a loving father and this is just as relevant when we look this week at Give us This Day: Our Daily Bread. We are sons and daughters of a loving father, and i 'm not a parent as you can probably tell, but I can try and get in the shoes of one and I can imagine and I remember as a child that often my parents would know how I felt before I opened my mouth. You walk home from school and there's a way that a child is walking or the tone of their voice. And it's just it's just so obvious. And we are the same. We're children of God and God already knows what we're thinking and feeling. But it doesn't mean he doesn't want to hear from us. As a parent you still go, what's up? Let's talk. Let's hug. And God is exactly the same. And it was this father in some relationship that I didn't get when I was in care. I didn't see God as a father. I didn't understand that concept yet. I just wanted to be back with my mum. And I was a stubborn 14-year-old boy. <laughs> of course I knew best. Everyone with a teenager in the room will know that teenagers are never wrong. <laughs> uh, and the key is that the journey doesn't always look how we expected. All I wanted for is to be back home. I didn't understand why I was in care or what the purpose of this journey was, and neither did the Israelites. Um, I was praying a one-way, one-dimensional prayer. I didn't want to listen to God. I, I didn't get the fact that I could listen to God and I could talk to him. And that this is a two-way thing. I was under the impression that I just gave a list to God of what I wanted and he would do it. Uh, And that is is most certainly not how these things work. Um, We have a father that loves to to talk to us. And the Israelites did the same. They didn't listen to God. And in fact, they started to worship idols on their journey. In Exodus 32, verse 1-4, to it says... When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, Come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. Aaron answered them, Take off the gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing, and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what they handed him and made it into an idol cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. Then they said, these are your gods, Israel, who brought you out of Egypt. This to me doesn't sound like they have a relationship with God. (laughs) They've strayed very far from what God had for them and what he was saying and what he was doing through Moses. I just want to show you a few verses down how upset this, this made God he said I have seen these people the Lord said to Moses and they are a stiff necked people now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them and that I may destroy them then I will make you into a great nation I'm not sure about you but I don't think God's very happy (laughs) and this just shows the the longing nature that God has for us to have relationship with him he he just longs for it and it's not just he that wants it it's us that need it We need to hear from God and talk to him to process what's going on in our lives, to process the pain that might be happening in this provision. And although he's providing, it may not be how we we want it to look. And I, I know that if I'd had this relationship and heard from God, the pain that I would have had in this journey of care and in foster care would have been so much less than if I had connected with God you you can so often miss what he's doing and get lost in your own plans. You go so tunnel vision and you waste time and energy with something that isn't in his plans. And we move further away from him when we do that. If we're not listening and in contact with him and we just go on our own path and think, oh well, God's got it, it's fine, And but you haven't heard anything from him and you're not talking to him, that's dangerous. then in john 15 verse 4 it says abide in me the lord says abide in me and this is what i want to learn to do practically and like all relationships i think this starts with talking it's just really simple talking pete in the first week of the prayer course was talking about when he was expecting a burning bush moment when god said look at the tree (laughs) and he started to look at the tree and nothing was happening and in the end he felt god just say this is a nice tree (laughs) So, um, so then Pete was like, yeah, good job on the tree, God. And this is what this relationship is all about and how it all starts. It's just talking. It's saying, um, thank you for, for the food we have today. Thank you for being with me. I'm nervous for tomorrow. Bring me peace. Your creation is beautiful. Um. And when we start to say these simple prayers often, let's imagine a world where we're talking to God every day and we're always saying, Lord, bring me peace in this now. Bring peace to this workplace I'm in. Bring peace to the school I'm in. How different would the world look if we all were praying for peace every day? And these small prayers, this, this small talk with, with God is how connection builds. It's how that deep father relationship grows and builds. You don't just talk to someone once and you're instantly like completely, your hearts are together and, and, and you're, you're two, like one person in two. Like Relationship takes time and it takes effort. When we get there and when we continue to talk and we, we do that stuff, we will hear what he's saying and doing. We'll feel his presence. We'll hear his voice. And whether we pray, whether what we pray for happens or not, we're closer to Him and more aware of His heart for us. And that's such a good thing. My next way that we can pray in times of, of change is incrementally. This week, the, the verse is Give us this day our daily bread. The very core of this for me is that it's a daily prayer. It's not just said once in this. It's not, give us this our daily bread or give us this day our bread. It's give us this day our daily bread. You couldn't emphasize the fact that it's daily anymore. (laughs) And this is God's call to keep coming back to him. This is the same relationship stuff as I've just spoken about. And I work at Tesco, as Nigel kindly mentioned, and we have this, this thing where Normally, older people, some of you might, might do this, they have these, these newspaper subscriptions. And they're sent out to their house. Instead of the paper being sent out, they get this coupon. And they bring it into us at Tesco. And they redeem it for the newspaper. And it's, it's free because they've paid for it already. And so often, people will come in with a voucher that was for like last week or tomorrow. Or, and we're like, just read the date. Like, it says it on there when it's for. <laughs> and the beauty of them is is they're only valid for one day and we've had people come in as well my favourite is when they bring in like five and they're like you remember my face right like I'll bring in the whole week on Monday and on Friday you remember me and I'm like I don't work on on Thursday or Friday like I'm not going to remember you and and for me this is the same as the Lord's Prayer we don't want to fill our wallets with these vouchers and bring them all in at once we want to come back every day with the right voucher for the right day (laughs) (laughs) Over, sorry. <laughs> and when we can have our voucher for the day and we pray this prayer every day, we start to be a people that live in the moment and we don't stress beyond today. Um, incremental for me is all about the next step and the next small breakthrough. For me and my story when I was in care, instead of that, that prayer I was praying that was just, bring me back home, God, please. It was... Maybe I could start to get the help I need with my mental health. Maybe mum starts to get the help she needs. Maybe I start going to school for a few days a week. Maybe I get to see mum more often. Or just start phone calls with mum. When I first went into care, there was no contact at all, text or phone or nothing. So those small prayers of just, I, I want to ring my mum. And then always again, that prayer for peace. And And this is all relation stuff again. It's about coming back to God in relation. And... Again, it's the father and and son stuff. As a child, I remember going to my mum often and just freaking out and being like, oh, I can't do this anymore. But like, please help me. Like, this is the end. (laughs) And children often just one thing and they're just like, oh, I can't do it. Like, they're overwhelmed. And the beauty of a parent is they can so often dig down and help their child to work out what the core smaller things are that are building to this big thing. And then when you work out what the small points are, the small issues that lead into the big thing, it's more manageable. And this is why we pray incrementally. And when our small prayers are answered, that's when hope begins to grow. If you're praying this one big prayer over and over again, and you don't see it happening, you're like, oh, what's going on, God? Like, I'm still not home. I, I'm still stuck in the desert. But actually, if I start praying these smaller prayers, I start seeing the small winds, and hope begins to build. Again, in Exodus, it's, it's, not, it's at the start of this whole story, when Moses is first called at the burning bush. And he, when he's first called, he has this massive freak-out, which is, why me? What makes you think I could do that? That, uh, we've all, uh, I, that is a phrase I use regularly. <laughs> <laughs> And, and actually, what God does is, he does what he does with us, and he starts to bring those things down into small and manageable chunks. So first, he says, how do I explain who you are? And God says, I am who I am, says God. Say that the I am has sent you. And then he says, but what if you don't believe me? And God then comes and shows his power by turning his wooden staff into a snake, and then back into a staff. It's a kind of strange way of showing your power, but it's good. And then he says, I am no speaker. And God, I love this bit. God says, but but who's made your mouth? <laughs> like, come on, Like, you're talking to the guy that made that thing. <laughs> it, it's going to be fine. I'm going to teach you what to say. And God loves talking to us and breaking these things down. And the big fears become workable, reachable chunks. And finally... The Holy Spirit plays a part in all of this. Sometimes we don't know what to pray or how to pray. Or Actually, for me, often I don't know what to pray or how to pray. And this is referred to in Romans, where it says, in Romans 8, 27 In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. At first when I came across this in my prep, I was like, what does that mean? Like, what are the wordless grounds? Is this tongues? Like, what, like, what is this? And as I looked into it, and I was looking at study Bibles and commentaries, and it's, it's very clear that this isn't tongues. This is quite literally the Holy Spirit interceding for us, and praying for us, and with us. The Holy Spirit had to have been interceding for me when I was in in care. Because my prayers made no sense. They were not logical, or sensible, or in God's will. If you're going to rank prayers, they they were pretty rubbish. And in John 14, the term, ask for things in his name, and it will be given. It is used. And... I often thought of this as being like, oh, I want you to bring me home. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, it's going to be done. And again, this is more complex. This is a reference to whether things fall in line with God's will. Whether they're a part of his plan or not. And when we don't know what to pray for or aren't praying logically, the Holy Spirit comes in and intercedes for us. We need to be open to this. I'm, I'm no scholar by any stretch of anyone's imagination. But to me, this is like when someone, like, finishes your sentence for you, or fills in the gaps, or just rewords things slightly. I, I love to think, this might not be right, but I love to think that we're praying to God and the Holy Spirit's just like, he <laughs> actually means that. Like, this is what it means. And I hope it is like that. I really do. And it's just, I say something and I'm just bit, and God's like, the Holy Spirit's like, no, it's just, it's different to that. Like, he, he knows what he means, but, and he's just those two working together to work out exactly what I want and what I need. And that's not something to be embarrassed or annoyed about. We should know that sometimes, again often, we're wrong. And actually pray prayers such as, I want this. But actually, Lord, like you have the best for me. We should pray with a caveat of, I know you know what's best for me, even though I'd like this. And you made all this stuff. You made my mouth. You made the world. And I trust that what you have for me is better than what I'm asking for. And Johnny spoke last week about your kingdom come, your will be done, the core of this Lord's Prayer. And I love the fact that those lines come before give us this day our daily bread. His kingdom come, his will be done, before what we ask for. That's this caveat, that's I really want this, but your kingdom come, your will be done. And when we say that your will be done before you ask for the things you need, there's power there. It's us admitting that God knows best and giving the control back to him. We let go of the things we're clinging on to because sometimes we just cling on to things for dear life and we will try and take the steps to bring things back to where we want them. We don't want to give them over to God. We're like, well, I'm actually going to fight hard to get the help I need. And there is, like, don't not do that. But also, you can let things go. You can cast your cares on him. And Paul talks about God correcting him and God not doing what he asks for. Often there is a purpose to a situation and God wants us there for a reason. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7 to 9. I jump in halfway through 7. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. This is an unanswered prayer. This is a red light prayer. And it's a red light for a reason. God isn't just a God who does things for a laugh. He's not there in the sky just pressing buttons, being like, oh, I wonder what happens if I press this one. And the red lights are always for a reason. The red lights in my situation were because God had so much more for me than I was willing to settle for. And this is where the Holy Spirit came in and interceded. He had the bigger perspective and set me on the path towards something greater. I had no big picture perspective at all. I was... In the moment I was scared, I was worried, I didn't like life how it was and there was no way without the relationship stuff with God and the Holy Spirit that I would have been able to see the bigger picture so because I didn't have the bigger picture at the time I spoke to my mum and I asked her that if my prayer had been answered early on in my care journey and I had been returned back to home with her what would have happened, what would the consequences have been? She said uh it was unbearable. I wasn't eating a balanced diet, mainly takeaways. Uh, Mum was always in bed. She barely left the house. She spent spells in hospital, so she wouldn't have even been there some of the time. I would have just been a child on my own. Um, suicidal thoughts were commonplace for both me and Mum. The house was a tip because neither of us had any motivation or energy to do anything. I wasn't sleeping till three or four most nights. I just couldn't. As soon as I laid down, my head was full of thoughts. And I wasn't at school because I was so unwell. This doesn't sound like a good life to me. But it was actually what I was asking for in prayer. I was saying, God, can I go home please? Without realizing that this stuff was so bad for me. And sometimes our perspective is so small that the things we're praying for, we actually don't want. Although we think we want them and we're begging for them, it's not actually going to help us. And God's process took place And the Holy Spirit, I hope, was just being like, he doesn't actually want that. (laughs) And now, when I look at life, I returned home with mum last year, after five years in care. Mum is discharged from mental health care. She's stable the majority of the time. She's able to cook for herself. She can see the warning signs if she's going high or low and take appropriate action. And she's out of the house almost every day. And on my part, I have no symptoms of depression or OCD. I'm so much closer to, to, to God. I'm working part-time at Tesco as a manager. I'm interning part-time here at Vineyard. I have a stable sleep routine. i finished my GCSEs with my final report saying I was the most resilient person my head of year had ever met. <laughs> i finished my A-levels without any pastoral care or input from college. And this isn't just me boosting my ego. (laughs) This is all thanks to God, and he carried me through all of this with his provision. And this is provision on the journey in action. And I'm going to close. Sometimes God has so much more for us than we realize. The Holy Spirit knows that our prayers sometimes aren't what we need. We're faced with that dreaded red light. Let's be open to him, exceeding what we want. Yes, there will be pain in the journey. Yes, there will be suffering. But we come out better people. We need less of the tunnel vision. I need this, Lord. You don't understand how much this would mean. God, why are you putting me through this? More, God, I know you have the best for me. I know you'll provide for me in this dry desert. Bring me peace in the day today. We come back to him every single day asking for what we need. Chat to him. Tell him what's going on. Make time to listen. Look at ways he may be trying to talk to you. There is always provision in our transitions. And let's bring our prayers relationally, incrementally, and always leave room for the Holy Spirit. That's me.
2: now what a what a story, Chris. It's so inspiring, and just we're so grateful for you sharing those deep things, and yeah, we' Lord, just bless Chris and give him pour back into him everything he's given out this morning. So the Holy Spirit is here. And um, there's, I think there's, we've got the luxury of quite um, a significant chunk of ministry time now. And I think um, the Lord, there's lots of things that the Lord wants to do. Um, we have, I, there's a few things I was sensing, and we're going to have a couple of people in a minute. Um, I think God's spoken to a few people, um, so there'll be time to have a couple of words. But first, I just felt that. Um, God wanted to speak today to people who felt like God hasn't given you what you needed. Like Chris, you were asking for things you desperately wanted and you desperately thought that that would change the situation. And you thought, God hasn't given me that. And there's a, uh, there's a bit of reconciliation maybe that you need to do with the Lord. Um, because the journey didn't look how you expected it to. And I also felt like, God, um, there was some space and time today um, to, to have some time for you to talk to God. Um, Chris talked about you know us needing to talk through some of our things and where we haven't um, been able to talk to him meant that we haven't been able to process um, some of the bits of that pain of the journey. Um, some of us especially who think... Um, as we talk. And if you've kept that bottled up and haven't said that out loud, haven't talked to God about those things, I think God's saying today, I'd like you to talk to me about those things. Um, Mark, you had a word this morning. I wondered if you could just come and uh, just talk a little bit more about what um, what you felt God was saying.
3: I think um, Laura shared a little bit of what I had. I, f- I felt after the first song, That we were heading into worship, which I think was confirmed by something like the fourth song, um, that this was a moment when Father wanted us to put down our agendas, to put down. The difficult things that we're carrying with it was it was really an exercise I felt for the Holy Spirit saying it's time to empty your hands and I know how in my own life um, and Chris has sort of shared with us the struggles the things we hold on with what we believe is faith where there may be a red light or there may be pains in our life or things from the past that holding back which I would call anchors I just felt there was this is a day when father wants us to stop to stand in front of the cross in your own imagination And to think, what is in my hands? Um, I've got a friend who says it's okay to have luggage. Luggage is where you're going. What the trouble is, we're all carrying baggage. And in simple terms, it's look down, uh, you know, imagine yourself in the airport, look down, and if there's any baggage there, put it at the foot of the cross. Things other people have done to you, nothing to do with you. It's just a moment, I'm I'm spending too long, I'm sorry. Just really feel the Holy Spirit saying, this is a moment. Stop what you're doing, and if you've got baggage of any sort, that will hold you back, put it down. And God, open your hands, because God's giving you something today. He can't put things into your hand, because you're already holding on to other stuff. I, I hope that's clear. Amen. Bless you. Yeah.
2: So we've got some time and space to do those things today and um, I'm going to um, invite the band back. If you want to come up, Lomax, that would be great. Thank you. Um, and I think um, the way that I'd like to do it this morning is I'd like you to, um, to take a couple minutes before you think, yes, I would like to get prayer and just to say, Lord, how do you want me to respond today? Some people will already know, I need to talk to somebody. I need to get prayer for something. Um, But take this time, a couple of minutes, to say, Lord, how do you want me to respond today? Do I need to leave something at the foot of the cross? Do I need to talk to you about that thing? So just embrace the silence and use it as time to think, what is God saying to me now? Holy Spirit, we invite you to come alongside us this morning. You know us so well, Lord, sometimes you know that we don't even know what we need. And so we choose to lay that down this morning and we ask for what you know that we need. And if you're new here and you're not used to this, we're just choosing to listen to what our Father is saying. And if it's not a conversation that you normally have with God, maybe just try it out today. Maybe say, okay, God, what do you want to say to me? I'm going to ask you to stand now. from church who'd like to come up to the front who would be willing to pray for people. Would you come now? Thank you. So the invitation is here. There's time to talk to God. We've got <coughs> 10, 12 minutes before with the kids that are going to come down, or well, we need to go and collect him, so don't waste this time about what you want God to do for you this morning, how you want to connect with him. There's folk up here who will pray for you if that's what you feel like you need, where there's time to just.